Hey, this is Ted Nugent. Hi, this is Jay Leno. Hi, everybody. This is David Hobbs. Hi, this is Bob Marshall. Hi, I'm Barry McGuire. Hey, this is Danny the Count Coker. Hey, this is comedian, author, and most importantly, vintage race car driver, Adam Carolla. Hi, this is Shirley Cha-Cha Muldowney. Hi, this is Robert Yates. Hey, this is Lou Santiago. I'm John Forrest. Hey, this is Jack Roush. Hello, Florida. I'm Ken Squire. Hi, this is Etzel Ford. Hi, I'm Corky Coker. Hey, this is Dennis Gage. Hi, this is Sam Amolo. Hi, this is Janet Guthrie. Hi, I'm Bruce Cohn. Hi, I'm Bob Lutz. Hi, this is Dave McClellan. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock. Hi, this is Norm Gravowski. Hey, I'm Dave Despain. Hey, this is Wayne Carini. This is Bill Warner. Hey, I'm Steve Bignanti. This is Kevin Bird. This is Arlen Ness. This is Ed Justice Jr. Hi, I'm Casey Jones. Hi, I'm Paul Kelly. I'm Richard Hutchins. Hi, this is Danny Sullivan. Hi, I'm Bob Bondron. Hey, everybody, it's Tim Strange. This is Daryl Starbird. Hi, this is Fort Hickok. Hi, this is Ed Iskandarian here. This is Robin Miller. Hey, sports fans, this is Peter Brock here. And you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about Naughty Nancy. No, this isn't a story about a bad girl. This is a truth about a great place to eat and hang out. Naughty Nancy's Food Shack, located at 700 Eldridge Street in the downtown Clearwater area, is a quaint little place nestled under some huge oak trees serving great food and drink and a wonderful, friendly atmosphere. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. They have 10 daily specials as well as many different styles of cooking from Cajun, New England, Country, Gourmet, and even Short Order, prepared just the way you want it. So check out this groovy little dew drop in right on the trail. So jog up to her front door, ride up on your bicycle, drive up in your car, or pull up on your motorcycle. And visit my friend Nancy and place your order. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. Hey, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars and you might get a free drink. Hey, listen, I don't care where you're going. I've been standing here since 1959. Hop in. Great. Here for the Nationals? Yeah. 
Built lots of cars. This time I'm gonna win it. You must be the first. I like to come in early, see what they're building. Johnny Hurricane. Say what? Oh, uh, it's a KARZ radio, the Mighty 590. I'm a disc jockey. Under partly cloudy skies, the current temperature in the big town, 79 degrees. You got the tops of the pops, the wax to watch. You got Johnny Hurricane. Brian Edison. Good to meet you, Brian. What's that guy? What's this clown doing? Hey, come here, squirrel. You want to race that thing? Cops, man. Well, there's your first one. Go make an example. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drives a man insane. You broke my wheel. It's coming after us. Dead on it. Great balls of fire. Good to see someone drive one of these in here. Most of them have to be towed. I'm looking for a chassis which I want to stick a big Hemi engine in. You got anything? Cheap. 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 Going racing? Yeah. Pre-war Willys rides up like a cutter through ice. Oh, it'd be a miracle just to see one again. Want to see one? Oh, you see one every now and then sitting in an old garage in Rollo, Missouri, or by the side of the road in West Lafayette. Or hidden in a junkyard in Lyons, California. Come here. Come on, come on. It moved. Huh? <laughs> but you ain't gonna sell it, right? Sonny Munn offered me a thousand once. I'm gonna race him. Everybody kind of lost interest in these old hot rods. Right. How about your old Dodge body? You have enough left to bail? Sure, I'd like to see it run again. Especially against Moon. Let's talk. If you beat the Muns, it's yours. Free. Sacky old hot rolls. I've seen the pictures. Yeah, every kid used to have one. I'm gonna build a car, too. Just like yours. Yeah. It's looking good, Lefty. What kind of engine you ride? <laughs> Rubber band, I guess. <laughs> it's my first engine, too. Don't wind it too tight. Won't start. over the CB. Schoolhouse Road is happening. Get on down. K-A-R-Z! Sprout and Marston's doing a root beer. Johnny! All clear! Hey, how much we going for, Brian? Hundred dollars a gear. Calling all cars, calling all cars, leaving a big mug and heading your way. Here come the cops. Let's get out of here. Let me remind you folks to be sure and listen to the Hurricane Dangerous on KARC Radio Free Lions. Dun, dun, dun. 
lot of strength to depress his clutch. This car could get away from you. How come none of these local guys never let you take the wheel? They were afraid it would get away from See your driver's license, miss? All right. <laughs> so much about the Muns. This isn't a beat down. Yeah, I know. I just want a fair shot at winning. Thanks for letting me drive your car. You can't break it any worse than I can. See, the secret of street racing is a mystery to most people. But I gotta figure it out. It's pretty dangerous. Do you want to hear the secret or not? Sure. When it breaks, you build it again. It blows up with a four-barrel car, go do quads. That blows up injected. I fix it fast. How far? Until it's an automatic, which is boring.
I go. Oh, listen to that. <laughs> Seems only fair, brother. I'm broadcasting. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater at the Tantalk Radio Network. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, and our Facebook pages, Nostalgic Radio and Cars and GulfstreamMotorsports.com, or Gulfstream Motorsports. Goofed that one up already, didn't I? Hey, let me tell you guys, I have had the week and a half from HE Double Toothpicks. Good evening, Bobby. How are you? Good. How are you doing tonight? Check this guy out, man. This guy really does have a radio voice. You know what? In the in the mic, mm. in the speakers, or my little headset here, yeah. you, your voice your voice really uh, it's on point. Oh yeah, oh yeah, very yeah. good, very good. You could be very easily the next Don Pardo. <laughs> Come on down, baby steps. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, did I say running computers in Google Ten Talk Thirteen? No, what did I say? Google? No, Google Nostalgic. God, see here you go. You know what? It's, it's, it's been one of those confusing days. Anyway, on our website, GulfstreetMotorsports.com, don't forget to uh, check out our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you can see, not see, hear all our past shows. Um, man, it's a crazy week. Hey, let me give you an update of what's going on this week, okay? And then I'll go into my little story. All right, this this weekend, this weekend, my gosh, we're in October already? This is crazy. What do you think, Bobby? Now, you're not my son, Bobby. You're the other Bobby that works. <laughs> yeah, okay. don't want to confuse the listeners there. It's uh, It's been a crazy week, let me tell you. But anyway, look at the stuff that's going on. Right now, this weekend, October 8th through the 11th, you've got in Hershey, Pennsylvania, you've got the ACC or AACA fall meet, and there's an auction going on, in which the uh, fall meet up in Hershey is a huge, huge, huge three, four-day event just tons and tons of cars and car auctions and swap meet and cool stuff going on but there's just tons of stuff going on all over the place you can't make it there's just no way this weekend in tampa you get the southeast street rod nationals um that's this weekend i think there's something else going on up in uh, newport ritchie there's a big bike fest thing going on uh next weekend we've got uh, the lake mirror classic in uh, lakeland the uh 47th annual moonshine festival is october 25th through the 26th November 1st, we got the Born to Ride Jam down in Pinellas Park, and Danny Coker's going to be there. May he, he may, in fact, be on the show here in the next week or two. I'm not sure. We're trying to get him on right now, but he's got a real hectic schedule because November 4th through the 7th in Las Vegas is one of my favorite shows is SEMA. Okay, and then, of course, we have the Winter Park Concours d'Elegance, November 14th through 16th. we got Festivals of Speed, December 5th through the 7th. That's just the, just, that's just the stuff that we're involved with. And then, also, we're still working on this. We, yes, we, as a Nostalgic Radio and Cars, have been in discussions with Sam Ash Music about doing a Christmas show. And it's going to be called uh, the Sam Ash Christmas Car Show, presented by Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And it's going to be cars and guitars type uh, gig. So it should be a lot of fun because we're going to be 
If anybody knows something about car shows, it's definitely me. So we're going to make sure you guys have a really, really good time. We're going to have a lot of things going on for everybody. A lot of music going to be uh, going on there. A lot of local bands is what we're trying to, to get together. So keep tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars here every... Normally we're here on Tuesday nights, but since this is Wednesday, and I will get to my story here in a second. As a matter of fact, since this is Wednesday, Bobby, what do we have? We have kind of a cool old song. The song that I'm going to play here in a minute is called... It was actually a song I played very, very early on, four and a half years ago, when I first started the show back in May. And um, it uh, it's kind of a cool old song. It's done by the group called The Rip Chords. And uh, it's called Big Wednesday, since this is Big Wednesday. And uh, hey, don't go away. You're tuning to Nostalgic Radio Bars. We will be right back after a few commercials. And then you're going to hear my long, long, long weekend story, okay? And, uh, and if you tuned into the beginning of the show, you caught a little clip I played from the Hot Rod movie. I played that a few weeks ago. I really dug that movie. In fact, I dug it so much I had to play it again. So, hey, don't go away. Turn in. You're turning into Nostalgia Getting Cars. We will be right back. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Largo Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about Naughty Nancy. No, this isn't a story about a bad girl. This is a truth about a great place to eat and hang out. Naughty Nancy's Food Shack, located at 700 Eldridge Street in the downtown Clearwater area, is a quaint little place nestled under some huge oak trees serving great food and drink and a wonderful, friendly atmosphere. 
That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. They have 10 daily specials as well as many different styles of cooking from Cajun, New England, Country Gourmet, and even Short Order, prepared just the way you want it. So check out this groovy little dew drop in right on the trail. So jog up to her front door, ride up on your bicycle, drive up in your car, or pull up on your motorcycle. And visit my friend Nancy and place your order. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. Hey, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars and you might get a free drink. All-Girls Garage and the list, a thousand and one car things to do before you die, and now the fastest woman on four wheels, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Thank you, Jesse. And she is the fastest woman. She's done a whole bunch of stuff. Matter of fact, she'll be at SEMA this year, signing autographs and taking pictures with everybody again, and probably she'll be back on the show here sometime in the next uh, uh, couple of months. But anyway, the uh, the uh, the week from H-E Double Toothpicks, well, let me tell you this story. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Once upon a time. Okay, here's how this week started, or last week. Two weeks ago, a friend of mine says he's closing his shop. He's been working on it for a while, but I haven't, uh, you know, I never took him serious. So here's what happened. He says, I need you to help me get some of my stuff to my new home. And and I go, where are you moving to? He says, well, I'm moving to Tennessee. And I said, really? I said, where? He says, well, northern Tennessee, someplace on some little plateau up there, Cumberland something plateau in uh, north of... uh, Somewhere in between Knoxville and Tennessee and uh, and Nashville. Okay, really, really nice area. So I am told. At least that's what I anticipated. And so I said, all right, I'll go ahead and do this. So now he's got this trailer, and part of the deal is, is I've got to help load the trailers, get everything organized. We've got two trailers. One's a twenty-four footer, and one's a thirty-footer. Okay, and we got to load all his whole shop and all his worldly possessions. Except for his Corvette, which he left here because he wanted to leave it in the climate control garage because up there where he's at, he just has a basically a barn. So this goes on for a couple of days, and I'm loading and organizing and rearranging and stuff like that. And since I'm going to be towing this thing behind my truck, I figured, well, I better load it the way I want to load it so I don't have to worry about stuff shifting. Well, consequently, I ended up loading two-thirds of my trailer and actually 100% of my trailer and two-thirds of their trailer. It worked out really, really well. We got everything all dialed in. All right, so, but the problem was is because he was still kind of like phasing out his business, it was still going and there was still a customer or two coming in and we were needing tools and we put stuff in the trailer and we had to take stuff back out of the trailer and, and back and forth and back and forth. Okay, so anyway, long and short of it, we got everything all buttoned up, we're ready to go and we're three days behind schedule, okay, because I have other things that I was supposed to do because I had other commitments that I was doing with uh, some of my other customers. Now, as most of you know, I buy and sell cars and parts. I deal primarily in vintage cars. I do appraisals. I do PPIs. In fact, if you need an appraisal or if you need a pre-purchase inspection, be sure and check out our website, Gulfstream Motorsports, and you can contact me off the contact page, and I will be more than happy to render my services because I'm pretty good at it. Um, Not to toot my horn or ring my bell. 
But at any rate, uh, so I'm ready to leave now. We're three days behind schedule. I hook the truck up. I'm ready to go. Uh, I roll out of there, and I figure, well, just to make sure, I'm going to drive around the block for a couple of miles and make sure the trailer pulls right. And for those of you that have driven trailers, now I've driven anything from a four-foot trailer to a 52-foot trailer I've had behind me, okay? So anyway, I go down the street, and I'm on East on uh, Clearwater Logger Road. I come up the Rosary Road, and I kind of wait. I'm testing my brakes and my ability to slow the truck down with the trailer on. Now, I don't have... This trailer has trailer brakes. My truck's a 550, so, you know, it's got some pretty good-sized brakes. Big discs on the front, big discs on the rear, right? But when I tapped the brakes and I went ahead to slow this thing down, this thing was literally pushing me pretty bad, okay? So to the point where I deemed it dangerous, okay? Because if you can't stop, I mean, it's bad enough you can't stop with a truck and trailer anyway. Contrary to what people think, they think everybody can just lock them up, and that doesn't happen. I mean, big semis have air brakes. You know, that's a different story. We have electric or occasionally surge, or we have some sort of assist system on there. But anyway, this wasn't going to work out. So we decided to make the prudent decision and say, look, tomorrow what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to go get a uh, controller. All right, well, that set us back another day. All right, so the next day we go in there, and we think it's going to be a simple plug-and-play. But no, 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 no. My 550's got a Jerdan bed on it, and, of course, the front half of the truck is Ford, the back half of the truck is Jerdan, and somewhere down the line, somebody decided to mess with the wires. All right, so after about seven or eight hours of screwing around with my truck, we decided, which we had discussed all the alternatives, okay, which would be to try to do the plug-and-play, to splice the wire here, to splice the wire there, we decided that the most prudent thing to do after we've exhausted all our efforts was to run a wire from the front to the entire 32 feet length of my truck to the back, okay, and we hooked up, uh, and we basically hooked up a new set of wires so we could run the con- run the controller. So, needless to say, finally we got that working. Okay, that's good. So now we got the hydraulic height set because I got a, a, a boom or a, a bump bar on the back. We got the trailer hooked up. I make a test run. I go driving down the street, hit the brakes, not strong enough. I dial it in, works pretty okay. All right. Still, yeah, a little unnerving, you know, because it doesn't exactly stop like I really want it to. But you always try to give yourself some distance. Now, my advice to anybody out there that sees anybody with a truck and a trailer, big, small, or indifferent, makes no difference. Give the guy some room. You would be amazed at how many people just love to just cut you off. You're driving down the road. You're in a truck. You're giving yourself some distance, some space to slow down. And what happens? I mean, you know, cushion. But what happens? People just cut in front of you. Boom, 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 boom. So now you're really heavy on the binders, okay? So needless to say, I went around the block. I parked a truck down the street. And the reason I did that is because the night before, when I made the dummy run, I pulled into his parking lot, and I had to kind of come up at an angle because I was coming up, up off Ponce de Leon Road. And what happened was is the trailer snagged. Now, most of you guys know that if you have a really long trailer, they have a tendency to bottom out or drag if you kind of go up and down some dips. But to resolve that problem, what they do is they have these little metal steel rollers that they roll on the back to kind of hang down maybe about a half an inch to three-quarters of an inch. And what happens is if a trailer does bottom out, those rollers will pick up the slap so you don't rip off the back of the trailer, which in my case... I could feel it dragging, so I stopped. We went underneath it there. We put wood underneath the wheels. We thought we got it high enough. We cleared to one side, but the passengers, the driver's side, we actually uh, bent a little bit. This is a brand-new trailer, so I felt kind of bad, but, you know, that's the way it goes. And uh, But I was still cautious. At least we took the necessary precautions to minimize or mitigate any serious damage. All right, so 
So now this is on Friday now, and I was supposed to be gone not last Tuesday because we did a radio show, but uh, Wednesday, okay? So the deal was is I was going to bug out on Wednesday. Ready to go, first thing in the morning, 5 o'clock, boom, I'm on the road. Because I have a 750-mile trip ahead of me, all right? My intention was to not necessarily stay on the interstate, but just kind of like diddy bop on the side roads because, as most of you know and know me, I've been a picker way before picking was fashionable. I mean, I've been doing it since I was 16 years old. I was in and out of garages and swap meets and junkyards and thrift stores and just always been a, just a junk guy you know what i mean i just i'm a junk savvy am i a hoarder eh, i'm a hoarder for some things but um you know but i like stuff you know and i have an eye for stuff that i think is kind of marketable and i stay with what i know which is automotive related mostly okay and then toys bicycles you know musical instruments things like that so <laughs> Okay, everybody, stick with me here. Don't fall asleep yet. It gets better. Here's what happens. I finally get on the road at 5.30, 6 o'clock, and I'm going down East Bay Drive, and there's a ton of traffic, and I figure, all right, I'm going to drive from, from, from Clearwater Lager Road to East Bay. I'm going to pull over, pull in the parking lot over there by Wawa's, the new one, and I'm going to double-check things and just do another go-around. So what happens? I see on the back of my truck when I pull over that I've got a hydraulic leak, and I'm going, crap, I didn't expect that. So... I, I have a cell phone. It's a smartphone. It's a Motorola because I'm a Motorola guy. You know, I'm brand loyal. I like my Fords. I like my Porsches. And I like my Motorolas, which I've had. Heck, I had the brick back in 1983, okay, just to give you guys an idea, which I still have. It's still hooked up in one of my vehicles. But anyway, so I had the phone in my back pocket because I don't carry a thing on my side because that looks like a colostomy bag. And, you know, usually I don't set it someplace because I might forget it. So, you know, and you know how we are. We're helpless without a phone these days. Not that we can't live without them, but we're helpless without them. But nonetheless, so I had the phone in my back pocket. And and I kind of plop myself down to reach underneath the truck to to, to, to wipe down the uh, hydraulics leaking on my cylinders just to kind of see if it's a bad leak or if it's just a uh, real slight minor leak, you know, if the seal's just kind of blowing out a little bit just from, you know, the, the weight of the uh, trailer being hooked up to the, you know, the tongue weight on the trailer. So when I did, I cracked my phone. So then when I went to go look at my phone and make a phone call real quick to just to double check and let them know where I was at, uh, my buddy Pete know where I was at and everything was okay. I couldn't use my phone because I couldn't, uh, the, the lens was busted. So being the resourceful kind of guy that I am, I did bop into Walmart, the brand new one that's over there. And I acquired one of those cute little track phones. And I told them I had Verizon service. And I said, well, how many minutes can I get? And they said, you can buy a couple hundred minutes. And I bought a cheap phone. And on the road, I, I was. So here I am, I'm diddy bopping down the road, I'm going down, you know, 75, 275, and then traffic's a joke over in Tampa anyway, and here it is, you know, it's 8.30 at night, and people are still trying to run me off the road. It wasn't until I finally got out of Tampa that things were kind of going okay, so typically what I do is if I'm, you know, when I'm towing something, I'm trailing something, it's just prudent to just, you know, every hour or two, just pull over to a rest area and just do a, do a visual inspection and check the heat of the tires and bearings and things of that nature, which I did. So the first time I, I really pulled over was, I think, just outside of uh, um, uh, Ocala there. No, not Ocala, but um, just Wesley Chapel in that area. I think I pulled over the first time, filled up my water bottles, did a little check and everything like that. Then I got back on the road, and I drove as far as, uh, and it was getting kind of late. It's been a long day. So I get at uh, North Florida, and I decide to pull over one of the rest areas and just kind of crash for a little bit, which is what I do. So a lot of times, like when I go out west or something like that, because there's so much to do during the daytime, and if you, when you have limited time, you want to kind of 
taking as much as you possibly can. So what I typically do is during the daytimes, I'll drive and I'll stop in this shop. I'll go to a junkyard. I'll go here. I'll go there. You know, I just kind of picking around, just nosing around and just looking to see what kind of cool stuff is out there. For example, it might be, like I said, junkyard. It might be a body shop. It might be a repair shop. It might be a car lot, a car lot or anything. It could be a number of things. But uh, And then what I do in the evening when it starts getting dark and everybody's pretty, pretty much solar powered. So when it gets dark, they just vanish. So now I hit the road. So I drive for a while and I pull over and I crash and then uh, I drive for a while and I pull over and I crash and I drive for a while and I pull over and I crash and that kind of takes up most of the night first thing you know when you see daylight again you're on the prowl again you're looking you know you're hitting the side roads the country roads and you're looking for junk and cars and parts and people and signs and anything automotive related so let's see what happens I get into Georgia and I got to pull over for fuel no big deal you know, and I'm driving a little further. And then finally, when uh, I had to call people and let them know that I busted my phone because everybody was trying to call me on the other phone and they couldn't. So I had this new track phone and I, I'm making no excuses for myself. I'm not a real sophisticated guy. And so I had a little trouble working that silly little thing after I got used to my sophisticated little smartphone, which is smarter than me. And uh, so I finally got a hold of Pete and I let him know where I was at. And he was like uh, about 100 miles behind me. So he had left at 3 in the morning. But then he went on to tell me about his his bad story, his problems he had. Because after I left, he was trying to get a hold of me because he thought I had the key to his tongue lock. You know, those of you that are familiar with trailers, on the front there's a tongue with a little hitch thingy. And a lot of times when nobody steals your trailer, you kind of put a lock in there and you clamp it down so nobody can... Uh, you know, hitch you up, hitch up to another truck or car or whatever and tow off and run off with your stuff, your trailer. So evidently he didn't have a key, so he couldn't get in there. So he had to call his buddy. They had to come over with a whiz wheel, cut that lock off. Then he had to go buy a spare lock so he had have one to work on there anyway so he could lock it down after he did get it hooked up. Then he goes to his trailer to go try to find uh, some of his tools. He sticks the key in there, turns the key, and it breaks off. So now he's got a broken, he can't hook the trailer up. He can't get in the trailer to get his tools because the key broke off inside. So that's when he promptly called his buddy. So his buddy comes down with his spare tools, his whiz wheel, and next thing you know, you know, five hours later, he's back on. Oh, yeah, not to mention that when he went to hook his trailer up, he had lights, then didn't have lights, then had some lights, and then had no lights. So then he ended up working on that thing for about three, four hours, trying to get the lights to work. And so it was pretty late when he left. So needless to say, after a few hours, it crashed, and he left it like uh, he bugged out at 3 o'clock. So therefore, he's not too far behind me. He's probably 100 miles or so because he kind of caught up. Because in my truck, because my truck's geared with 488s or 514 gears, I could only run 50, 55 miles an hour, actually 50, because that trailer was extremely heavy, okay? And uh, so at 50 miles an hour, I'm running about 2,000 RPMs, which is a comfortable speed to tow. And my truck runs most efficient, okay? And still, at that, under normal circumstances, I get I might get nine pushing it, 10 miles to a gallon, you know, downhill. So this time, I was getting like seven or eight. I mean, I lost some serious mileage there. So I was going slow. Meanwhile, he's got a little shorter trailer. His trailer's 24 foot. He's got a brand new Duramax. So he's got 700 plus pounds of torque, and he's cruising at 75, 80 miles an hour. And it was pretty clean and green until you get into Georgia and just south of Macon. It seems like for the last 40 years that I've been going to Georgia, it's like that the road construction there on 75 is just an ongoing thing. They just never seem to complete it, you know. So at any rate, he calls me up. I'm in Atlanta, and I was uh, tanking up, and I was going to go over to a Cracker Barrel, and the Cracker Barrel line was too long, and I love eating a Cracker Barrel. And uh, so I just said to heck with it. So I took the... Uh, 285 bypass around Atlanta. I got to Marietta and Roswell and stopped over there and then got myself some grub, some fixin', some vittles, as they say in the South. Right, Bobby? 
Oh, yeah. And uh, where are you from? You're not from the South, are you? Orlando. That's not the South. That's, yeah, Central. That's Central. Yeah. Are you like a native of Florida? Or oh, yeah. Born right? in Orlando. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're a Floridian, a Floridian then. Uh, oh. from, from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> anyway, so here I am. I'm uh, boogieing on down the road. And then Pete calls me and says he got a flat. He ran over something in the middle of the road, and he got brand new tires on his trailer, and he killed one of them. Okay, so he's out there wrenching around. He's got his little, you know, four-ton jack underneath there, his little bottle jack. So he's he's down for about 30 minutes, all right? And the bad part about it was he calls me up, and he goes, hey, where's my wire cutters? Where's my this? Where's my that? And, you know, we packed all the tools in the trailer, right? Well, what happened was when he shredded the tire, he didn't even know how bad the tire was because, like I said, when you're towing the trailer and you got a big truck and it's powerful, you just rip right along and you could lose the whole back end of the trailer and you'd never know it because you don't feel it because, you know, heavy trucks just, they got so much power and torque, they just tow. So he's out there trying to uh, cut the darn wires from the tire cord that literally shredded. And the only reason he knew the tire was blown away was because somebody pulled up beside him and pointed and said, hey, you know, they kept pointing and, and he could read their lips through the windows, you know. And uh, so there he was, 30 minutes. He had to take literally take the brake drum off that thing, unpack the bearings and the whole nine yards because they're on there. That's the way they, they are. You know, he had to pop the thing off and uh, uh, cut every little piece. Unfortunately, he had a pair of vice grips that had the little cutters on it, but that was a slow process. All right, so then he calls me up 30 minutes later or 40 minutes later, whatever it was, and he's back on the road. By this time, I am in Georgia. I mean, I'm in Tennessee, all right? So he gives me directions. Rather than me sit around and wait, I decided, well, I'm going to go diddy bop up the road. So I'm on, I go through Chattanooga, and then the road where I'm going is north on 27, or 127, 27, 27, yeah. And that takes me up to 40, which then i got to take 40 over to 27 and go north to some little town called Jamestown in Tennessee, which is like 40 miles from Kentucky, which I don't know if I thought it was that far north. I'm thinking Knoxville, you know, but it's like way north. So, but a beautiful area, and, and, and it gets better. So at any rate, now it's getting dark. I'm on the interstate, and there's a bunch of junkyards and car shops and things of that nature. So naturally, since I know he's an hour or so behind me or two hours behind me or whatever it was, three hours almost, I'm just taking my good old time now. Now I'm sightseeing. I'm stopped at a junkyard and stopped at a body shop, stopped at a car lot, you know, diddy bopping up there. Finally, I get up to 40, and I go west on 40, and I get to 127. I get to the gas station, and I wait. Well... While I'm uh, on 27, I think I was in one of the junkyards, he calls me up again, and he tells me that he got another f- flat. And uh, the tire that he put on the spare was one of his older spares, and the tire was just miserable. And uh, so it flat, it went, you know. So now he's got to spend another, uh, you know, 20 minutes or so changing the tire. All right. So by this time, I'm just up north, and I'm almost in the... Uh, in the uh, in the Jamestown, I'm actually in Crossville. Okay, so I'm sitting there and I'm getting it's late and I'm kind of hungry. And uh, he's on the road, and I said, "Well, I'll just sit here and I'll wait for you." So he's almost there. You know, time goes by and everything like that. It's dark at this point in time. He calls me up and he's like, uh, four or five miles down the road. He says, "You're not going to believe this." I said, "Let me guess, another tire." Sure enough, another tire. At this point, we're all hungry, we're all tired, we're all wore out, we're all beat. So we whip in the Cracker Barrel and we eat. We come back out we got to change a tire. So now we still have about another 30-so miles or so to go north on, 20, on 127 to get to Jamestown. So it's pitch black out, and we're loaded down, we're tired, we're whipped, the whole nine yards. Anyway, we finally get to the where he's at. But the problem is it's a tiny little road, two-lane road, up and down. And I'm talking this road was so steep going down, so steep going up, that when the, when the belly of the, of, the, of the little hills that we had to go up and down, my trailer was dragging. Okay, I mean, I could hear it. 
and I could feel it because it's it's tugging, it's pulling me back, you know. Finally, we get to his house. Finally, we unload a few things to get inside. We all crash. <sighs> Next day we get up, we go to unhook my trailer. Guess what? I got no hydraulics. And I don't know what happened. I mean, I really couldn't tell you whether I got limit switches underneath there or whatever it was. But anyway, so after screwing around with it for about two, three hours, trying to figure out what was wrong, we finally had to pull the other trailer out, and we had to go find his tester. Because the only test light and a few little hand tools that I have was was not sophisticated enough to figure out why why we had no power, why I couldn't get the switch to work, why I couldn't engage my, my PTO to, to get the hydraulics working. So then what happened is I, signed, I finally said, Pete, let's do this. Let me just pull the pin, and I'll drive out and just leave the receiver you know, we'll take it off the trailer afterwards, which is exactly what we did. All right, so now I'm loose from the trailer. All right, but the problem is I have a car on the back, and we still got to leave the car there. So here we are, and we've got no hydraulics, and we've spent hours and hours and hours under there testing this, doing this, playing with fuses, blowing fuses, where we had to send his wife into town. She had to go get more fuses. We still haven't figured out why the hydraulics don't work on my truck. All right, so long and short of it, we're standing around there, and we're he's like, uh, well, I don't know what to tell you. And I'm thinking, I don't want to tow this Mustang back. I brought this thing up here for you. It's a project car, and uh, you know, it's it's staying here. One way or the other, we're going to get this thing off my truck. So with the hydraulics not working, I can't loosen cables. I can't do anything, right? So I decided to drive around the lot, bounce around a little bit, because you just never know what's going to happen. So sure enough, when I did that, I don't know what happened, but magically, magically, it decided to work again. So anyway, long and short of it is, he at the last minute decided, well, you know what? I don't really want this Mustang anymore. So now I dragged the whole thing all the way up there. So this is where the second part of the story comes in at. So while I've got to hurry up and get back to Clearwater because now I've wasted an extra two days. So we couldn't do anything. We got up there. We left, like I said, Friday, Saturday, late by the time we got there. Sunday, we're screwing around. Can't get my truck working. Finally, when we figure everything out, I said, ah, the heck with this. Let's just go ahead and uh, I'll leave. I'll blow out first thing Monday morning. So Monday morning, we drive into town and uh, we get some breakfast. And uh, we say our goodbyes, and I'm on my way. But that's not exactly how the story went. See, what happened is because I'm in town. It's on Monday. I don't know I don't have to be here until Tuesday because I figured my show isn't until Tuesday night. right? So I figured I'm just going to nose around a little bit. And I want to unload this Mustang. So I stop at this guy's shop. I stop at that guy's shop. I go to this junkyard. I go to that junkyard. I go to this body shop. I go to that body shop. I'm all over the place. I'm making some new friends. you know. And pretty soon they're saying, well, you're kind of like them picker dudes, ain't you? And I said, no, I'm not really like them picker dudes because they pick anything. I just pick specific stuff like car stuff and some motorcycles and musical instruments and things like that. So anyway, the first place I stopped at was a guy by the name of Willard Coghill. Okay, he'd been there forever. I think he was in the house next door. It was the actual house that he grew up in. All right, pretty cool stuff. And uh, so he starts telling me all these stories, and he walks me around the shop a little bit. He's got some needle signs and some old car stuff, but nope, nothing's for sale. And then he asked me if I knew about the 127 garage sale. And I said, what's that? He says, well, this road out here is 127, and it starts in Michigan and goes all the way down to basically the Gulf of Mexico. Now, I remember hearing something about this on TV, and this is literally evidently where it started and originated in this town, Jamestown, Tennessee, by the uh, former mayor, I guess, or one of the commissioners way back when. It was kind of like a uh, 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 a promotional thing. It was just like a little gimmick, and it kind of took off and i guess it's been going on for years and years and years and years to the point now where people come from all over the world all over the country to either a set up or b sell or 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 a yeah set up and sell or b buy 
And uh, so it's like an ongoing thing. It's almost a week long. And I'm definitely going to check this out. And this is in August, okay? So, and you can rest assured that I will definitely mention it to you. And you can rest assured that I'm going to be somewhere along 127. And I'm going to be hunting stuff up. So, anyway, the first guy that came over looked at the car. Was really interested in the car. But he didn't have any money. But he had stuff he wanted to trade. You know, stuff. You know, which that could have been anything. I had no idea. So then I went to this antique shop, and then I went to this body shop, and I met this guy, and I met that guy, and I went to a hardware store, and I went to another music shop, and I went to another garage, and I went to another shop, and, da, da, da. and I found some pretty cool stuff up there. And, um, and, I, and, and, and the people were really, really amazingly friendly. Now, there was one junkyard down there, and the guy's name's, well, we'll, 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 we'll spare his name because he's a very private kind of guy. But I found out that uh, he, uh, the neighbor guy asked me if I was had anything to do with the pickers, and I said no because you know I mentioned we started talking a little bit, and I was mentioning the radio show, and I said no, I don't. And he says, well, the pickers were over here next door at this guy's place, but they wouldn't let him in, and uh, because the guy's a real funny kind of guy. So he's got this big junkyard, and it's like about eight or nine acres, and there's cars on top of cars on top of cars, and he's got a big field out front with a fenced in area, and it's got more cars in there. So that kind of like that's the tantalizing thing, you know, just kind of you see those cars, you got to stop, and you go in there and you see the field. In the back and there's cars on top of cars but there's so much growth there you know vegetation you can barely tell what's there but you can tell it's been there for a very 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 long time and the neighbors will tell you that but they also will tell you he doesn't sell anything so it was a moot point but unfortunately when i got back to him it was raining like holy heck and i couldn't get the guy to come out of his shack to even give me the time of day but i will tell you that he had a really nice model a roadster sitting underneath a lean-to a shed tons of sheds full of old emblems hubcaps license plates car signs, glass bottles, you know, the oil bottles, water bottles, all that kind of stuff. He had some really cool stuff, so I was really looking forward to getting in there and checking this stuff out. So anyway, long and short of it, I decided to drive back to the very first place I went. You know how the old saying goes, you know, your first instincts is kind of like the, it's kind of like when you take a test, you know, if you get a multiple guess question and it's A, B, C, or D and your first answer was, or you were first inclined to go with, uh, let's say like A. All right, well, that's the one, that's, that's kind of how you play that out. So anyway, I met this kid. And his name was Ricky. Really, really nice guy. So he was so excited. He actually called my phone or left his his phone number or left his information on my phone. Problem was my phone, my cell phone was dead. So I had this little cheap, cheesy, um, you know, Walmart phone. And obviously people didn't know I had that number. That was just kind of like an emergency phone so I could call Pete and call my wife and call my son and anybody else in case I got in trouble. And uh, so he came out, came running out, and he was all excited. He says, yeah, we're going to do a deal. We're going to deal. And I, and, and I said, okay, let's, uh, let's see what you got. So I get over to his house. And I got to tell you, in this town, there's not a lot of affluence there, okay? I mean, you got some people that there's a lot of retirees, a lot of people from Florida up there, and there's some pretty nice real estate up there. But then on the other side, you know, those people, are, it was a big textile industry and big textile factories up there years ago. And, of course, you know, when NAFTA hit the, hit the books back in the 90s. You know, that town pretty well is like everything else. And as Ross Perot said, all you're going to hear is a big <laughs> sucking sound. And uh, all the businesses just left and went uh, down to Mexico or some other third world country. And um, so anyway, we get to his house. And it's, uh, you know, just a modest little home. But there's stuff everywhere, just like you see in the pictures. I mean, just, you know... Cars out front. He had a Fairlane sitting there. He had a Mustang sitting there. He had a bunch of motors sitting there. He had some rear ends sitting there. He had bicycles all over the place, specifically Schwinn's, okay, and some other bicycles. Um, car parts, lumber, timber, pallets down the bottom and bottom of the holler down there. There was a 64 Galaxy down there, and it was sitting up on blocks. I mean, just so stereotypical 
but so picturesque. I mean, it's just like you would envision some little remote little town with maybe about 10,000 people in it. And it's just like you've seen the pictures. That's the only way I can describe it. And, uh, and, 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 and this guy, this poor guy, you know, he's got a family of three, his wife and him and live in his house. And, and he, and he, and he's got like three jobs and he works really, really hard, but it's just a tough struggle up there. Right. But the thing that was after we kind of made a deal on some stuff and I wound up with some bicycles and I wound up with a Ford nine inch rear end and whatever else I could scavenge out of the thing. And we did a little horse trading and stuff and we got some other little goodies and, um, no moonshine. And, um, Although I, he had some. <laughs> but anyway, I, oh, yeah, that was the best part about it. That county is a dry county, or that city was a dry city. You couldn't get a bottle of beer in there if you had to. And, uh, but if you went on the outskirts, you could find yourself some beverages. And, um, but at any rate, so we made a deal. We got some stuff. And I, I started talking to the guy a little bit. And, and one thing I did not know he was, he was a very talented guy. This guy was an amazing artist. He pulls out, because him and I are pretty close to the same age. We're only like a year apart. And... Um, he pulls out these comic books, and he's asked me if I was interested in the comics book because he was trying to trade me anything to get that Mustang, okay? And um, and it was a and 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 the comic books were really cool old '60s, late '50s, '60s Marvel comic books, okay? But then he brings out this big half sheet or three quarter sheet of plywood that was like uh, three feet by eight feet, and he took the cover of the comic book and painted it. And he, he actually set up a grid, okay, like a math grid, you know, like a math paper. You know, he actually set up a grid on the plywood, and then he very carefully, very strategically laid it out. I mean, it was almost as if he transposed it to, you know, a life size. And he had Batman on there. He had uh, Aquaman on there. He had Spider-Man on there. He had um, Robin on there. He had uh, Flash Gordon on there. I mean, he had Captain America. I mean, he just really, really... Very, very detailed artwork. I mean, even the facial expressions, everything on there was very, very detailed. So, Ricky, if you're listening, and I told him we'd be on the air, and I'd give him a big plug, I'm going to figure out a way to get him to one of our events, like either Festivals of Speed or Hollywood Car Auctions or something like that, because his stuff was very, very good. He's very, very talented. And that's why I said you just never know who you're going to run into, you know, and you never know what people have and you never know their talents. You know, you don't know anything about them. So you can never judge a book by its cover because he looked like just a little country bumpkin type kind of guy. You know, his wife was very nice. His kids were very pleasant, you know, and and that's the neat thing about the South. You know, when you start getting in Tennessee, Kentucky and Alabama and Georgia and the Carolinas and stuff. In fact, one store I walked into, there was a lady there. And uh, her name was Mrs. Ledbetter. And I said, well, are there any differences between the people in Tennessee and the people in uh, Georgia and the people in the Carolinas? She says, no, not really. We're pretty much all the same. It's the South. And I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, but anyway, hey, um, Bobby, why don't you go ahead and get our caller on the line? And uh, we'll get Mike on for a few minutes because Mike's up in uh, Pennsylvania where I'm supposed to be right now. And then I'll just kind of finish my story here as you're doing that. And... Um, but the guy was a really, really nice guy. He was he was all excited about getting that car. And while I was up there, I actually found some other stuff, some other cool cars, which uh, I have a good notion to go back up there and kind of nose around because this is kind of one of those areas. I mean, really, you know, there's a lot of stuff in Florida, okay? But the problem is, is the moisture, the humidity, the bad weather, and, you know, cars sitting out, they just, it's taking their toll. It's just kind of like up north. You know, if the cars get exposed to salt, they disappear. But up in the Carolinas and North Georgia and Alabama, somehow some of those cars seem to survive, you know, and there's a lot of stuff up there. And there's a huge, huge car culture up there, you know, and they can pretty much drive their cars, you know, 
seven, eight months out of the year. So they have a good time. And not to mention there was a drag strip down the street. You know, back when I was getting gas, a guy pulled up beside me, had a Fox Body Mustang on it with some killer little 302 in it that ran uh, sixes, low sixes uh, on the bottle. We got our guest on the line. Okay, hey, I want to introduce a friend of mine. He's been on my show a number of times. In fact, it's to the point where I'm going to have to say this guy's almost a contributor to our show. But this is my good buddy and one of my best friends, Mike Flynn. He's the president of Hollywood Car Auctions. And Mike is up in Hershey, Pennsylvania right now. So, Mike, welcome to the show and tell us what's going on up there. Well, first off, Robert, uh, the weather's beautiful, 65 degrees. Uh, it's been nothing but blue skies. And I don't want to jinx Hershey because... You and I both know that they like to get a little of that wet stuff up here. And uh, But right now, the weather's been beautiful. The uh, skies have been blue, and the, and the car guys are out. So it's uh, I think it's going to be a beautiful week. So give us an idea of what's going on. this uh, for, the, for the listeners that have never been to Hershey, tell us what goes on up there. Well, first off, you know you have a very large gathering. It's actually the uh, home of the AACA, and they have their, uh, their big um, concourse here. Um, you know, it's also fueled by a big swap meet, and then you also have an auction. RM does an auction here on uh, Friday. So it's kind of a week-long event. really starts kicking off on Tuesday. They start loading into the field, and, uh, you know, then you go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday is the AACA, um, the big concourse, um, along, like I said, with the auction on Friday. So there's lots and lots to do. And, of course, when you have people in town for a week, there's a lot of little satellite deals, people visiting collections and other car, you know, other gathering of car guys, and just just a great car week. Now, you've been uh, running back and forth between Pennsylvania and New York, so tell us about some of the cool cars you've seen. <laughs> well, you know, I've seen uh, a, lot of, a lot of cool stuff. Um, I looked at a great collection of Cadillacs, 40, 41 Cadillacs, some Durham bodies, some one-of-ones. Um, I've looked at some, some great uh, European sports cars, the Porsches, which I know are near and dear to you. Um, you know, some, some 21-window, uh, uh, the Volkswagen buses that we all love. Of course, you'll see that stuff around a lot of Porsche guys. Um, just some neat stuff. You know, you get up here, and, and like I said, there's a lot of little satellite deals. It's a lot of networking. It's a lot of seeing old faces that you see every year. I mean, I've been coming here since the early 80s. And um, it's a good time. So you never know what you're going to run across. But uh, I've went in some garages and barns and back bushes in the last couple of days, and I was quite surprised. Now tell us a little bit about uh, the market. What's, what's, what, what do you sense going on? Is it still pretty strong up there? You know, Robert, I think that, um, again, I think that this market is uh, back. I think that, uh, you know, obviously with the European sports car market, the Ferrari world and some of that stuff bringing some really big money, I think it helps support and stabilize um, the market all the way down. You know, from the entry level on up, I think that um, it, it, it lets people know that your money's safe in these collector cars that we all love and, and people are out playing, they're out buying. I know... Uh, what little bit I've seen of the swap meet so far, you know, people are out looking for that trinket that they need or that piece they're looking for, or that, you know, the thing to finish the project they've been waiting on. And, and they're just out, you know, they're out going through uh, the swap meet. They're looking. Uh, we were over at the RM a little bit today and uh, they're getting the tents up and the cars in and there's people there shopping and looking and everybody's kind of anticipating the auction coming up so there's movement they're moving in the market i think that uh i think that it's exciting i mean 
you're a car enthusiast like me and and we love this hobby and and we want to know that you know our passion and and where we invest and what we do is safe and sound and and i think it's good i really do okay now the muscle car market would you say it's pretty much leveled off? So it's probably a good time to buy and sell, and you're going to probably do okay at it. I mean, it's not like it's setting the world on fire, but there's probably some decent buys out there. Fair statement? Well, you know, Robert, I think everybody's kind of got back to reality. Okay. I think that the cars at the level are worth what they're worth. And I think that, you know, if you're buying a nice fifteen to $20,000 car, I think you're buying a, a um, you know, I think you're getting your money's worth. And I think that the pedigree uh, documented cars have have stayed fairly strong through the ups and downs. And, uh, you know, obviously that's the first stuff that's uh, back sought after by your collector. But, you know, I, I, I think the I think that at whatever level you're looking at, um, you know, there's there's value out there. And, um, you know, there's there's some stuff out there that you can buy. But it's like anything else. I think that it's moving up. So if you want to get in, it's time to get in now. And, you know, I think it's pretty safe. Okay. we got about three minutes left. Tell us a little bit about what Hollywood Car Auctions is up to and Festivals of Speed, because we've got a couple of events coming up here in the next uh, three, four months, right? Or less. Yeah, we're excited. You know, we're kicking our season back off. We're going into Orlando um, in December with the uh, Ritz-Carlton Festival of Speed. I think it's their ninth year there. Uh, we're adding a bigger event. Uh, we're moving into the museum park down in Miami. That'll be the end of January, the 1st of February, with Festivals of Speed. We're excited about that. Uh, of course, we go back to Amelia Island, March. Uh, on the It's actually the 20th anniversary of the historic Amelia Island Concours. We're back for our second uh, consecutive auction, our third Festivals of Speed. That's a big weekend. A big gathering. We're we're honored and humbled to be a part of that deal. So, you know, we're we're, we're everything's back in the full swing, and we're excited about it. Super. Now, for the auction, for your auction, for Hollywood car auctions at Amelia Island, you're going to have roughly how many cars you anticipate this year? Uh, we're going to probably be right at 125 cars. Okay. You'll see a lot more European sports cars in there. Um, you'll see, of course. You know, I'm pretty. Uh, uh, with the American Classics, so you'll see that. But uh, look for, you know, go to our website, hollywoodwheels.com, and, and you're going to see some great Porsches and, you know, some of that kind of stuff you like, Robert, and, and some of that stuff that's obviously pretty popular in the marketplace right now. But listen, we got a 1904 Thomas Flyer. We got uh, uh, Sam Posey's uh, 70 Trans Am Challenger road race car coming out of the uh, Gurney Camp. Uh, from back in the day, pretty historic car. So we've got a good variety already this early on. And as we march in closer to March, um, you guys are going to see a lot of great cars. So keep checking the website. And, uh, you know, we, we look we look forward to seeing everybody out at the, the, the week of the big concourse in the Mini Island. Super, super. With a little luck, with a little luck, I might be up there with you this weekend. I know it was supposed <laughs> to be there. but uh, So you're having all this fun without me. And... Uh, so anyway, Mike, I want to thank you very much for taking a few minutes and hanging out with here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Sounds like you're having a great time up there in Hershey. And uh, Yeah, no. Robert, we're having a good time. We'd like to get you up here. I know you had a couple things to kind of side you up during the week, but, you know, we, we need your presence up here. This is a big week, a lot of stuff going on, and hopefully you'll be able to get up. 
Okay, well, I'm looking forward to it. In the meantime, I want to thank Mike Flynn from Hollywood Car Auctions for taking a few minutes, hanging out with us here. Be sure to check out his website, hollywoodcarauctions.com. Don't forget to check out Festivals of Speed. You hear me talking about both these events all the time. I want all my listeners to keep checking our show out every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Be sure and tell your friends. Don't forget our website, golfstreammotorsports.com. Don't forget our Facebook page, Golfstream Motorsports and Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And don't forget the Street Ride Nationals this weekend. In the meantime, I want to add that, 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 here we go. In the meantime, I want everybody to stay safe, drive carefully, love your family, and we'll see you at some of the car shows. And don't forget, keep your eyes open, our website, because we may be having our car show in December, the second week, the weekend of the 13th and 14th. So, in the meantime, take care, everybody. In your arms, country in your eyes. Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.